Welcome back to another episode of Coffee and Crackers. There's no feedback from the audience right there. None. <laughs> Zero. I was waiting for like, you know, like, no, never mind. <laughs> Everyone, welcome to another great day, another great episode of Coffee and Crackers. Dylan? In Christ. Well, there's the audience. Oh, there, am I just the audience? <laughs> yes, oh. you're the audience. Hello. I was waiting for you. Hello, everybody. Well, okay, so before we get any further, I will give us an update. 67 days, 7 hours, 4 minutes, and 3 seconds until Christmas, everyone. That's amazing. Big round of applause for Christmas. Oh, we should have a different Christmas song Yeah. Every every week. So last week it was the famous All Alone for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey. And that one probably will be recycled. Just it'll it'll be back. It's really good. So today, do we want to do we want to go modern or old school? You know what surprised me? Hmm. Whatever is at the edge of your fingertips. Okay. Let's see. Today, one of my personal favorite ones. Ooh. We're gonna, yeah, we're gonna play original. Well, it's not necessarily. <clears throat> Excuse me. Not necessarily an original, but one of my personal favorites. Wow. That's Pentatonix. That's a We Need a Little Christmas by Pentatonix. Woo, snaps. Here on the uh, Coffee and Crafts WVXV <laughs> radio station. <laughs> Christmas countdown, sixty-seven days. What does it mean? I just made it. You up. just made that up. That yeah. was so great. I applaud you for that. that so, was really um, good. stay tuned for next week. This week, since we went modern, well, we'll bring that back at the end. Um, we are going to go old school next week. And I'll also give you another countdown update before we sign off. Anywho, Dylan, how has the time that we have been apart? With our coffee and Christ viewers, listeners, not viewers. Viewers, how's it, how's it been? If you had to tell, um, great, nice would be one word to describe it. You have to tell them everything. Like what? Oh, you know. Oh, well, um, let's see what what's happened in the life of Dylan since last week. Um, I went to my favorite place in the whole world on Saturday. That would be the National International Airport. I, I love, love that it. Place. I, even if I'm just going to pick somebody up, I just love it. It's a different world. Though. I know. Time doesn't exist. Because just good coffee and snacks and random things you can buy. What more things. do you want? <laughs> and people complain about the prices at the airport. Stop. It is very overpriced. Just, just bring extra money. Yeah, it's like okay. It's just like factor that part. into your vacation <laughs> cost and stop complaining about it. I'll be there again. In a few weeks, and I'm so excited. But this time I get to go inside. Because the last two times I've been there, it's been to drop people off and pick them back up. Yeah. But I actually get to go in and fly to the beautiful San Diego, California. Oh, yeah. Here in a few weeks. Um, is that for the... What is that for? Is that for... Vacation. Oh, just vacation? Oh. <laughs> I'm going to uh, uh, the Baja Missions... Like you be going there. planning meeting. <laughs> um, so I did get to do that on Saturday. 
um, was very late because they told us that their flight landed at 2.50. It landed at 2.03. So they had to wait for a hot minute before we got there. Um, And then Saturday went car shopping. Mm. And Monday we sealed the deal. So Andrea wanted a car, so she got a new car. We went, actually, the only reason we went up there was to look at her car. And then I found the prettiest little Camry you ever did see. I love Toyota Camrys. I don't care what people say. I know I'm a big guy, and I have a truck. You know, a truck. You know, I've got I've got a four-wheel drive Ford that's currently incapacitated and not working. Yeah, true. I had a little car accident, but that's besides the point. Um, but I bought a car and it's a beautiful color. Have you ever seen that color before on a car? Yeah. Whose besides, besides the one you saw the other day? I've seen it. I've seen it multiple times. They're beautiful. It's the, like the, for those who don't know, it's like a, I think that the right word for it is Calvary, like a Calvary blue. Yeah, that is. As soon as you look up Calvary, that's, that's what pops up. Mm. Um, look it up. It is a beautiful color. Um, it's like pretty new, I would say. Pretty new or rare. Yeah. Like it's not it's not very common. So I would be like you. I'm excited. <laughs> so did I need it? No. But I'm getting rid of all my other vehicles. So, so I mean, it's fine. Yeah. All my other vehicles. I mean, I just have another one I need to get rid of. Yeah. So, which it's already sold, so. It kind of is worth it. It is. Very I'm, worth it. I'm excited. So, um, yeah, that's about it. Awesome. Still living in the holler life. Oh. Living in Jackson County. Oh, tell me what you have to do Sunday that you would never have to have done. Oh. Every other house you've lived at. <laughs> so my homestead was affected <laughs> by a tragedy. I was in the shower Sunday morning. Of course, I teach class. And so, you know, you're not supposed to be late. Usually I get here pretty early on uh, Sunday mornings. And... I was in the shower, getting ready to go, and I heard a loud thump. Like, can you give us your best impression? It was like I heard it like crack, like cracking. It was like, <laughs> so I was like, hmm, I think a tree just fell somewhere. But you know, I live on a rather large homestead, <laughs> so I was like, hmm, maybe it was down in the woods, you know. So anyway, I proceeded to continue to get ready, got in the truck. Um, and was going down the driveway and said tree fell across the driveway. <laughs> and I was like, how unfortunate is that? So I was like 20 minutes late to class, had to go up there and get a chainsaw out of the shed, you know, in my church clothes, like cutting a tree. So then once I got done cutting my way out, then the neighbor decided my neighboring homestead, Chad, Chad. <laughs> uh, he decided to come see what the rigmarole was about. And uh, there's Dylan, sweaty and gross, with sawdust all over his church pants. And uh, he was like, are you going to church? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, here, just I'll cut, go back up there and change, and I'll cut enough to get your truck out, and then I'll clean the rest of it up. So, yeah, I was like 20 minutes late to church, give or take. Yeah. That's, so. that's very funny. That never would have happened at, it might happen to Baker Street, but never would have happened to Baker Street. No. Maybe Buffalo Valley, but never happened in Buffalo Valley. No. Well, no, no. So, uh, but yeah, my life on the homestead while my house is being built is um, 
it's a unique life. But you know what? I do like it. Like, it's it's very cozy. Like, last night I was watching TV. Yeah. And I have a little nightlight in there. Because there's no lamps or anything. And I'm not an overhead light boy. You know, give me a lamp. Do not turn on the overhead lights. Like, it, it absolutely infuriates me. Yeah. Unless you're in a commercial space like this. Okay. Yeah, true. You know, or at work. Or a church. Yeah, or whatever. You like your lamp. I know. And then, but I hate when people have overhead lights on in their house. Like, it just, it's annoying. Because you can't get cozy. And so, I put all my lamps in storage like a dummy. No. And um, I don't know if in my mind it just means they're gone forever. Because, like, <laughs> I could literally drive out there. I've not cracked that storage unit open since the day I moved. Andrea has the key. I don't even have the key to it. Andrea has it, I think, somewhere. But anyway... <laughs> I know she has. I just hope she knows where it's at. Andrea, do you know where the key is? <laughs> she listens every week. But oh. anyway, um, but yeah. So I have a little nightlight that I have oh. plugged in because um, I, I turn on at night in case I have to get up and use the potty. Right. You know, because I don't yeah. want to trip up or anything. Yeah. And so uh, I had my little nightlight on. The TV was on. It's just cozy last night. Um, then I fell asleep there like a buffoon until three o'clock this morning. But, uh, <laughs> literally, uh, but, uh, no, one thing that's weird about up there, and then I'll turn it over to you, is, you know, everywhere I've lived has been, like, a major part of town. Right. Yeah. Like, even on Baker Street, you always heard traffic, always heard sirens. Yeah. You know, Buffalo Valley, you know, Buffalo Valley is a pretty popular road. And then Lone Oak Drive, I was fortunate and blessed enough to live right next to the ambulance department. Shout out to you folks because you guys are busy. <laughs> um, so, but I'm not downplaying the work that you do, just the sirens that you use. You know what I'm saying? And so I uh, would hear sirens there every 30 seconds, and they just kind of got used to it. But anyway, the homestead is so quiet. Like you get out of your truck and it's silent oh, yeah. at night, and you're just like, if the crickets aren't chirping, Nothing. Oh. You're just like, <laughs> hello. <laughs> you know, I don't. I don't like it personally. Like I'm having to get used to it. At your other house. Oh, I'm so house, excited. It, it won't be as bad, but like, it'll be quiet. Usually, like you hear the hum of your neighbor's unit, or you'll hear, you know, something in a neighborhood. But up there, if the unit's not running on the cabin and Chad's not doing something on his homestead, like it is so quiet. Like, it's weird. Aw. So, I, I make noise sometimes. You just sound like... <laughs> but, like, like the other day, or, yes, or yeah, yesterday morning, I was getting in my car. When you grab a hold of a door handle, it's like a beep, beep, you know? It echoed, like, down the holler. I opened oh. it, it was like, beep, beep, beep. You heard it, and I was really? just like, I don't like this. <laughs> oh, my God. It's kind of spooky. That's way cool. It's kind of spooky. Because, like, behind the cabin... It just drops. Yeah, down in a big holler. So yes, yeah, bears could be. Wolf. Well, next time a tree falls, I hope it's in the holler and not across my driveway. On or on the cabin. Yeah, that would be bad. Your homestead <laughs> infiltrated. <laughs> then I would be homeless. But anyway, that's my life for the past week and for the next couple months <laughs> and forever. Forever. And ever. And ever. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Dad, yesterday we were talking, and Dad was like, you know, we could just not build your house. You could just live here. And I was like, <laughs> you're so funny. <laughs> no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> so, 
Turn it over to you. You might fall in love. Who knows? Mm-mm. I do love it up there. Mm-hmm. I do love it up there. It's just not where I want to live forever. Forever. Okay. Well, I get that. Well, me, you know what? It's hard to pinpoint. I really don't know, like, too, uh, too crazy much right now. It's all just pretty steady because, you know, my life is pretty much set for the next month at least of school and work and, you know, working out and stuff like that. So, nothing too crazy going on. I don't have any surprise trips. Not anymore. Tapped out. Um, yeah, just school. Chugging along. We're getting closer and closer to the end of the semester. Then I have one more, but closer. Are you going to do this last semester with me? No. You're going to get your, get your nope. Pass on that. No. Take history? No. Nope. Are you sure? Classes? No, easy. My history classes. History is hard. You know how easy my classes, though? Yeah, but right. I. Just because we have the time, I'll say it real quick. Okay, so this is my history class. I have readings that I have to perform. Mm-hmm. Readings. And I have to make interactive comments on these readings. And then I have these supplemental readings that I have to read. And I make comments on those, usually like three or four a piece. Like three on the supplementary readings, three on the regular ones. And then I have, at least for this class, I have the option of doing a lesson mini essay. And I only have to do five the whole semester. I have 13 lessons. So I have, you know, eight of them I can skip out. And then that's it. I don't have to take a test. I have to do anything. And like I said, they're just readings that I do read. Right. So, and imagine, if that's the next one, how easy it will be. But what if it's not? True. It, with our luck, it'd probably be really hard. Yeah. So. I just don't do well with, with school and testing. And I was saying, I don't even take tests. And then I have, I have these history projects that I have to do. But they're due, like, every, like, four weeks. So, like, it's not like they're just sprung on you. Like, you got, you know that it's going to happen in, like, three weeks when it's coming up. So. I just don't want to, I don't want to do it. You know what? Sleep on it. We'll revisit it when it gets closer. I just woke up, and I slept on it, and then the answer's just, still no. <laughs> the answer's still no. Uh, well, like I said, really, that's, that's, that's the life right now for Jackson. We're just chugging along. Almost there. Almost done. And Dylan could also be almost done. We'll let him sleep on it. I am done. I am done right yeah. now. Also, what I thought about, like literally just like a few minutes ago, um, and then re-entered my mind, is something that we could kind of like prepare for. It's like we could do like a Q&A at some yeah. point. So what uh, I think I can do it next week. We'll announce it next week. We'll announce a Coffee in Christ Gmail account. Yeah. Or we'll think of something else. But that, that's probably the way it's going to go. Mm-hmm. And we'll kind of leave the floor open. You know, we'll let you know what it is. We might have like a... When we get done, honestly, we could probably at the end of chapter nine of Proverbs before we get right into the into the thick of it. Into the thick of it. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> Sorry, but it, before we get like into more of the traditional Proverbs stuff, we might hold a Q and A. You know, we might not. We'll just kind of fly by the seat of our pants right now. So, but I just want to let y'all know, just so you can think about it. You're like, oh my goodness, so excited. I want to hear Dylan and Jackson talk about my topic. Well, we will. Yeah, we will. You just yeah. got to send it in. Anything. 
we'll uh, we'll talk about it in more detail <laughs> with some restrictions. <laughs> with some restrictions, and uh, and once we get it like all I cashed out, like I said, I just came up with this. We're gonna we'll create a Gmail account later, and or we might figure out there might be an easier way to do that. But you know what? You'll find out next episode. We'll have that figured out. That's behind the scenes stuff. Y'all don't need to know. You don't need to know that. But which do need to know is Proverbs. So we finished chapter six. Um, we're going to be getting into chapter seven. I'm pretty, I want to say positive that we could get done with chapter seven. Um, just kind of reading it over. Um, because it's kind of a, a lot of the same stuff we've been talking about. Like, like, I, like we've talked about in chapter five, and then we mentioned again chapter six. Adultery has been a very uh, prevalent topic. Um, in just these couple of, of chapters. But I wanted to start off with, like, a question, you know? Like, for, for me? Or yeah, for, for you. Oh. For you. And it's for the audience, too. You know, like, we're back on adultery. Again, this is the third time he's talked about it in three chapters. And he's really nailed home, you know, consequences, stay away, all this stuff. You know, I was just... Just because I'm curious, I have, like, my own assumption. But, like, do you think there's a specific reason why, like, Solomon has specifically used adultery as, like, his prime example? You know, I like I said, I kind of have, like, an own assumption, but I don't know, like, I just want to hear what you thought. I really don't know. I have not studied that or, like, really thought about it a whole lot. Like, so, like, I kind of come at it like there's two ways. So I think Solomon chose adultery because, you know, it's a very enticing sin. Not like the act, well, not like the, you know, married woman or married man and a woman go, you know, chasing after him, but meaning that, you know, a very attractive girl walks in and asks you to do something that goes directly against God. You know, she's very beautiful. She's attractive. She's seductive. Everything you like, you know. It's gonna. I'll be vulnerable. It'll be hard to say no mm-hmm. if you're not like in the word, in wisdom, stuff like that. So, like, I think he has, you know, pinpointed adultery because also it's like he's kind of like using it as a reference for all of them, all of like sin in general, like how sin in se- itself is just super enticing, and this one just could be like more enticing for others, or maybe it's like a better like metaphor or something like that, or. I thought maybe because you know Solomon struggled with that. He had like a thousand wives. He had three hundred or so pop prostitutes and like seven hundred wives. This is something that he, like, you know, we know from the scriptures that he struggled with having multiple wives, polygamy, stuff like that. So that's just a, I don't know like why this is me. I just, I'm saying I don't know, but my assumption would be maybe just because it's a very enticing sin and. It'd be easier to it'd be it's easier to like wrap the other ones or like it's also I guess more intense like if you use the different sin as an example like if you stole some candy you know you're gonna go to jail like that's not as like in my eyes it doesn't seem as bad as like if you What's like, have sex with this woman you're gonna lose your life forever. Well, if you think about like if if he uses theft. Right. As something that, as an example, you know, if someone came up to me with a gun and was like, Dylan, 
steal this car right now. You know what my answer is going to be? No. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I'm not going to do it. You know, I'm not. I don't steal things. Right. You know, or someone said, "Hey, I want you to blatantly lie right now. Do it." No, I don't want to. <laughs> like I'm not going to. But you know, as Jackson was talking about, you know, with adultery, and you know, we'll just put it in like a man's terms because you know, two men talking to you. You know, <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know, if you have an opportunity, and you know, like Jackson says, very enticing opportunity. You know, it, it is hard to say no. It would be hard to say no. Yeah. You know, because especially, you know, if you put somebody in a room that, you know, I'll, I'll say this and it's just because it's, it's interesting. Andrea's watching that 911 show. I think okay. it's on Hulu. Yeah. I don't know. There's like a character in there that I love. I love him. And uh, he's really cool. And this beautiful, like, woman wants to date him. But he won't date her because he's literally addicted to sex. Mm. Like he like that's his like somebody addicted to smoking or you know whatever he's addicted to sex. Mm. So it's like you put him in a room and then you throw a very attractive woman in the same room and shut the door and be like, "Don't do anything and walk away. What's gonna happen? Yeah, right. you know so that that's kind of like I think that's what Solomon's doing here. and I never really thought about that before. Why? Well, but I mean it's it's. I won't say it's a hard sin to to avoid mm-hmm. because everybody has sin in their life that's hard and it's specific to that person. You know, everybody struggles with different things. But this is like a broad subject that I feel like anybody, male or female, would have would struggle with. Like a red light to it. Yeah. Okay. See that's what I was kinda of going at too. I thought maybe it was just like a I won't say popular, but like it, a lot of people would probably have, you know, that sexual sin, probably just because it's kind of natural for us to think that way and all that other stuff. And you might get addicted to it like that one guy. But right. anywho, I, I like how you're trying to paint a picture picture because that's exactly what we're going to read here in chapter seven. There's going to be like a whole scene that's depicted of kind of what Dylan was just saying. Um, I wouldn't know that because I've not studied it because <laughs> I, I um, studied chapter 8. So, uh, <laughs> all right. it, it really is. There's like a whole scene here that we're going to read about. Um, so, yeah, let's just get into it. Uh, you want to read first? Me read? You can. All right. Chapter 7, verse 1, mm, probably verse 5. Uh, my son, keep my words and treasure up my commandments with you. Keep my commandments and live. Keep my teaching as the apple of your eye. Bind them on your fingers. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Say to wisdom, you are my sister. And call insight your intimate friend. To keep your friend, uh, to keep you from the forbidden woman, from the adulteress with her smooth words. Okay, so, like I said, we're, we're going to kind of read about this scene, but we kind of still, hmm, excuse me, we kind of start off the same way uh, we have when Solomon's beginning another one of his speeches, telling um, his son, us, you know, anyone who's reading this, the eagerness of keeping this wisdom, you know, the tablet of your heart, uh, the apple of your eye, you know, keeping his commandments and living, you know. And then we see at the end of verse 4, he calls wisdom his sister, or, you know, yeah, you are my sister. Yeah. So implying that, in the way I see it, is like, you and wisdom need to be as close as family. You know, fortunately, I think, uh, well, I like to think that I have a close family. I 
and this is my immediate family. It's me, Brad, Jenny, Maggie, Megan. You know, I pretty much see them very regularly, some every day. You know, and we have dinner often. We try to plan events together, vacations, you know, game nights, you know, all the all the fun stuff, you know. And the point is, I like to think we spend a good time together. And that family bond is the same kind of family bond you need to have with wisdom. You know, you know, and you know, it doesn't have to mean your actual family. I just use that as an example. I have several friends, Dylan, Ty, you know, who are friends that I call family. And, you know, those can, it can be referring to this, that same kind of bond, that, that bond where you lean on them for strength and, and comfort. And, you know, the list just is endless. It keeps going and going of everything that we have to, you know, cling to wisdom for. Um, and that's just what I think he's talking about. And it, and if we do this, you know, call, insight, wisdom, your sister, your, your, your friend, you know, it keeps you from what verse five is ending with, you know. The forbidden woman, the one that we're going to talk about this entire chapter. Well, I like this, and again, I may not be as I'm not saying I'm good every time, but I may not be as good today because I read the wrong chapter the other night. But I, I like, you know, he, he talks and, and he rephrases it a lot. But you know, he's saying, "Keep my words, treasure up my commandments." And then in the end of verse two, he says, "Keep my teaching as the apple of your eye." You know, the, and you think about modern medicine and, and all the, the technology that we have. You know, the ancient people, especially in Bible times, like, there are so many unknown things about their body that they had. I mean, just imagine what we can do with technology. It's crazy. You know, but the apple of your eye or the apple of your eye comes from a, a phrase a long time ago to where people compared it to an apple because they truly thought your eye was 100% spherical because they had no way of actually knowing what it was like. From the outside, it looks totally spherical. Right. It's not. But it close, but not all the way. Right. And so, but they would say that because that was the most important thing to them at the time that you have to protect. I don't know if you guys have ever had like an eye injury. I have a small one right now. It's just, it's my eyes infected, and so it's 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 horrible. Like my right eye, half the time I can't even. Today's been a good day, <laughs> but like half the time I can't see out of it. It gets really cloudy because I won't go into the details. I have a tear duct that's clogged up. Rectum. Really? That's what's causing your lacrimal gland. That's what's causing my eye to be infected right now oh, because it's not. Is, that puppy is like so essential. It's not flushing anything out of my eye. Oh man! So um, that's been going on for like two months. But anyway, oh, you know the eye doctor's been like on my case about it because if we can't get it fixed, then I could lose sight in my right eye. You know, she's oh, been really. Goodness. I was there again today. The eye doctor trying to. You know, start new antibiotics because the tear duct's still clogged. And anyway, but I had another eye injury in high school. Now, this was like teetotally immobilizing because I got a sty, which is like a. How, what, what, how would you describe that? It's like a hard, calloused yeah. spot, you know, and it actually embedded to my cornea of my eyeball, the right eye, same. Same eye that's infected right now. And, like, I totally lost vision in that eye for, like, a week. Mm. 
but it was so I could open it, but it was so light sensitive that like that's the most pain I've ever had in my life. Like even if you just walked into a room and turned the light on, I would be like, oh, I, I couldn't handle it. Like they would shine a blue light in my eye at the eye doctor to uh, like assess my eye every day. I had to go to the eye doctor every day for two weeks. Oh. And I was out of school for two weeks too because I couldn't handle light. I lived in my parents' basement with all the lights off and slept for two weeks. But they had to take a, a class when they wanted to look at it. They had to take a clasp and like force my eye open mm. and then shine the light in it because if not, it would shut because I couldn't handle the light in my eye. Yeah. But anyway, I'm saying all that to say like your eye was a vital thing to keep as clean as you could. You're always trying to protect your eyes. And, and we still do today. You know, we have some more modern things that we can use to take care of them. But I mean, they didn't have all that. They didn't have safety glasses. They didn't have sunglasses to protect your eyes from the sun. I mean, they didn't have anything. And so uh, back before modern medicine, it was vital, vital that you protected your eyes. And I like that, that he uses that because this is referring to back in the ancient time, protecting your pupil, right? And today I think it's more like we really emphasize on our heart. And making sure our heart is healthy and making sure that you're doing all the things you can do to protect that. But if you lose sight, I mean, you're basically immobilized. Your life is over. And, I, and I, if you're blind and listening to this, I'm sorry. There are ways to cope. But, like, really, if you don't have sight, what do you have? It would be traumatic after, like, you've lived with it for so long. It yeah. would be so hard. And maybe if you've never, I feel like I feel bad. I shouldn't have said that. Well, but if like, you've never had it, if you've never, never had sight, you don't know. But like, if I were to lose my yeah. sight tomorrow, twenty three years in, like, like, what am I supposed to do? Right. You know. And so that's what he's saying here. If if you don't protect the wisdom, if you don't understand how important it is, like your vision, like your eyes, if you don't protect it and you lose it, your life is over. If we don't have Christ, our life is over. And so that's what he, That's how important what he's trying to explain here is, especially as he starts to paint this picture here in just a second, of keeping the wisdom of God and protecting it and understanding it's just as vital as your eyesight. Mm-hmm. And it would be better to lose your eyesight than lose the, you know, the wisdom of God. Right. So picking up here in verse 6, I really can't read for a long time. So, you stop whenever. Um, for at the window of my house, I have looked out through my lattice, and I have seen among the simple, I have perceived among the use of a young man lacking sense, passing along the street near her corner, taking the road to her house in the twilight and in the evening at the time of night and darkness. And behold, the woman meets him, dressed as a prostitute, uh, wily of heart. She is loud, loud and wayward, her feet do not stay at home, and now in the street, now in the market, and in every corner she lies in wait. She seizes him and kisses him, and with bold face she says to him, I had to offer sacrifices. And today I have paid my vow, so now I have come out to meet you, to seek you eagerly, and I have found you. I have spread my couch with coverings, covered linens from Egyptian linen. I have perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let us take 
Our feel of love till morning. Let us delight ourselves with love, for my husband is not home. He has gone on a long journey. He took a bag of money with him. At full moon, he will come home. With much seductive speech, she persuades him with her smooth talk. She compels him, and all at once, he follows her. As an ox goes to the slaughter, or as a stag is caught fast till an arrow pierces its liver, as a bird rushes into a snare, he does not know that it will cost him his life. And now, O sons, listen to me, and be attentive to the words of my mouth. Let not your heart turn aside to her ways. Do not stray into her past, for many a victim has she, has she laid low, and all her slain is a mighty throng. Her house is the way of Cheryl going down to the chambers of death. Whole chapter. <laughs> wow, well, I, I didn't... Yeah, it's a lot. And that was our, our little scene, the little scenario that, uh, that Dylan kind of portrayed. <laughs> but, you know, you know, just kind of going back to the top, and we'll work our, our way down. Just first six and keep and keeping going. You know, Solomon is set the scene in these for in six, seven, eight, and nine of the simple. And that should, you know, that should sound familiar. That's like taking it all back all the way back to the first chapter of the simple and and he also uses youths who uh, who are lacking sense, you know, and how they're just passing along the streets near her corner. And I love this kind of like as you read this. You kind of think back to all the stuff we've been talking about where like Solomon is like, don't go anywhere near her. And of like the chapters beforehand when he's describing this this lady folly or the adulteress and all that stuff. Oh, you kind of think of that where this whole time has been leading up to this one situation, um, you know, where our faith is really tested would be right here. Um, and so then we get into the scenario. You know, we have Lady Folly, you know, the adulterous woman, uh, the foreign woman, however you want to put it. It gets put into action. You know, she's seductive, deceptive. She has deceptive intentions. You know, all she wants uh, is the young man who is lacking of sense. You know, and he, you know, like I said again, Solomon is constantly warning us about this allurement, this enticing look that uh, she has on her. You know, and then we get to into more detail how she attempts attempts to entice the the man. You know, I mean, colored linens from Egypt, perfume bed. Let us take our fill of love till the morning. Lady Folly is wanting to have sex with this young man. You know, and as we just keep going, we found out. Did that you say the S word? I did say the S word. Oh, oh, burning up hot. Ooh. I am actually hot here. It is hot. <laughs> it is very hot in here. Anyway, sorry. Continue. I just wanted to. <laughs> well, jump in whenever you want. I'm I'm just gonna keep working my way down, and you know, you can see the importance of of discernment here, um, because this young man, taking the best back to first seven, who's lacking sense, doesn't have it. You know, he goes all the way down to to verse twenty one, where she persuades him, and then twenty two, he follows, and he gives in. You know. And, you know, it's a similar situation that arises that you can have, like, this discernment. And this is, like I said earlier, and honestly, all the way to chapter 5, when we first started talking about adultery, that this, you can plug in any sin, any sin in this situation, something that entices you personally, and how important you see here, and especially when we keep reading, when we hear about the consequences and, the you know, the cost as uh, what Solomon says, 
of our actions when we give in, but the importance of discernment. And we only get that, we only receive that through the wisdom, through fearing the Lord, having that relationship. And so, and we get to verse 22 and 23, like I said, is that's kind of the turning point in the scene, um, where the young man is given in, and then we get these lists of similes, uh, you know, ox uh, goes to the slaughterhouse, the stag is caught fast till an arrow pierces its liver, the bird rushes into a snare, you know, these animals don't see the danger. They don't see what's happening or what's going to happen, I should say. They're just focused on the here, the now, all that fun stuff. And they don't see what's going to happen afterwards. You know, and then the young man is the same way. He doesn't see the dangers of his actions or, you know, his consequences or his costs in in. And like, us, and like we read, like Dylan read just a second ago, that consequences here for this situation and for all situations that involve sin, involve uh, giving in, is death. And that, unfortunately, this, uh, <laughs> this, uh, this chapter doesn't end so uplifting <laughs> because it just kind of cuts off that going down to the chambers of death. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> But, um, but yeah, and so, and then when we get down to that little section, Solomon does kind of circle back around, kind of beginning to telling the, of the importance of listening to wisdom, kind of always having those as almost bookends uh, to each chapter. He starts with saying it, and here he gives a situation, and then he ends with it. And so that we can use the tools that wisdom has provided us, like that discernment, like morality, that can help us from falling into this pit of you know consequences of, of just bad results. And again, I want to emphasize this: this is all temptation. You know, with all of it, it's not just adultery. And you know, allow us to remember also temptation that we have is from Satan and Satan alone. And he is trying to every single day entrap us into maybe something that we always struggle with or with something new. I it is. We are always, he's, it's in First Peter. He's like a roaring lion seeking to devour us. He wants us, you know, but God also wants us to succeed. And so he's given us everything that we need. And most importantly, he sent Jesus. You know, Jesus did what we can. He conquered Satan. He was perfect. He was blameless. He died for you and me. And he conquered death and rose. And God knew we couldn't defeat Satan alone. And that's why I sent Jesus and, and has provided us with everything that we need for our own battles with Satan, that he's right there with us. You know? And the only thing is we have to put the time in to, to grow in that relationship and you know, trusting in God. And, you know, and trust, me, trust me when I say this, that he's in our corner. And if he's in our corner, Satan won't win. You know, he, Solomon, going back up to... Towards the top, you know, he talks about the simple man, you know, and he's not he's not calling anybody stupid. You know, this isn't saying, well, let's look what the stupid kid just did. You know, it's talking about somebody who may not have, you know, the wisdom of God. You know, somebody that has no relationship with God is who he's talking about. You know, not somebody that's just ignorant. 
Yeah. But just somebody that doesn't know Jesus. You know, he, he uses a young person, like, you know, it, it's portrayed as a, a young man and a young woman. But, you know, even, even a young person that desires moral purity, you know, there are a lot of things in our lives that make that hard. You know, make it difficult for us to live in God's wisdom. You know, there's a quote here, and this is not my words, but, you know, talking about, I'll talk about adultery just blatantly, or even sex before marriage, but, you know, there's a this particular commentary that I'm reading right now, it says something that gives a list of things that could make it harder for us to fight off a sin like this. And, you know, it says physical and sexual maturity that may run ahead of spiritual and moral maturity. You know, there's such a a bad connotation of sex. You know, and so many people have said, you know, sex is wrong and doing it. And it's, it's terrible and it's awful. And, and it's not God not one time. We talked about this in class a couple weeks ago on a Wednesday night. God not one time in the scripture says it's a bad thing. He just says, wait, you know, there's a time and a place for that and a certain time and a place for that. And you need to make sure. And as Christians, you you want that, you know, but your physical and sexual maturity may run ahead of your spiritual maturity to where, you know, you understand that sex is not bad, but there's a time and a place with a certain person, right? you know, and that's hard because especially when, you know, young people or just people of the world, you know, they actually encourage the opposite. They encourage moral impurity, right? They encourage, you know, that it really doesn't matter. They encourage that, it doesn't matter if somebody's married. It doesn't matter if you're not married. It doesn't, you know, all these things. And that's what the world says is okay because they don't understand, you know, the things that come along with it, if that makes sense. And he's trying to, you know, Solomon is trying to push, you know, this understanding, a spiritual understanding. You know, there's so many people, I was talking to a guy yesterday about this, you know, there's so many people of the woke community and, oh, yeah. you know, that they're encouraging, they're pushing, and they're, they want you to have an understanding of the world. You know, that's what everybody's pushing for these days is, is you know, sex is normal no matter how old you are, no matter if you're married, if you're unmarried, divorce is normal, you know, adultery is normal, sin is normal. And that's what everybody is encouraging, but they don't understand that God doesn't want us to have an understanding of the world, you know, because we know that at the end of time, all things are going to be revealed. Okay. But God, there's, there's a reason why he doesn't want us to have an understanding of the world. You know, there's a lot of things in life that I don't do and I don't do it because God says, don't do it. You know, maybe I disagree but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Because I don't want to have an understanding of the world. I want to have an understanding of Christ. And I want to have an understanding of him in my Christian life. And that's it. 
you know, people, they, they really down people who may live a, what's the word? They may make fun of you for not knowing some things or understanding some things. And they, they make you feel stupid. But really, all we're trying to do is have an understanding of Christ and why we live the way that we live. And that's it. I don't want to have an understanding of everything else. You know, there's there's things in life that I just don't know about. And that's okay. I'm not upset about that. Because God says you don't need to know. And what we have to understand is, if God says we don't need to understand and we don't need to know them, we don't. Period. That's it. You know, it's like your parents, if they tell you, don't touch this. When you're young, as a child, you know, three, four, five, six years old, if my dad said don't touch it, then I didn't touch it. You know, as you get older, you start to question, well, why? Yeah. Or as you get older, you may say, well, I'm going to do it anyway because I want to know. And that's what the woke, that's what the world, that's what everybody says do. You know, God is saying, don't do this. And we want to know why. Yeah. You know, nobody wants to have an authoritative figure saying no. That's a big thing right now. You know, you live your own life. You know, you only live to please yourself. Live by your own rules. Do what makes you happy. That's not true. That's not what we're supposed to be doing with our lives. You know, and they want to know why. You know, anytime, so like my dad as a child, or as any kid, really, I have nieces. So this is fun. You say no. And at two and three years old, they're like, all right. But at four or five and six, you're like, why? 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 <laughs> you know, that's that's not what we're supposed to do. Now, I'm not saying that they're wrong. I'm just saying as people in our lives who are trying to live by, you know, Christ. I don't want to call it rules because they're not really rules. But you're trying to live the way God would have us to live. You know, we don't have to ask why. We don't need to ask why. We don't need to know why. Just don't do it. You know, and then all these things will be revealed to us when the time is right. You know, but that's what's happening here. You know, he's portraying this as a young person because young people tend to want to know why. Young people tend to want to bend the rules. And she's talking about, or Solomon is talking about her being everywhere. You know, she's in the street corner. She's in the market. You know, her feet don't stay at home. She's loud and wayward. She's present. You know, we all know somebody in our lives who's loud, and you can always hear them. One of those people is me, but I don't care. But do you know people in our lives that are loud, and you always know where they are, and they seem like they're everywhere? And that's the way sin is. Sin is loud, and sin is everywhere. And that's why I think he's talking about her in this manner, painting this picture, because, you know, her feet don't stay at home. She's not just going to leave you alone. Yeah. Right? And that's what so many people don't understand is just because you are a Christian doesn't mean that sin is going to leave you alone, because it's not. Yeah. You know, we have a way to fight it, and we have morals to live by, but, you know, sin's not just going to, you know, see somebody put on Christ in baptism and and add it to the family of God and say, oh, nope, Don't I'm out. <laughs> if not, it may get worse. Right. Right, but she's saying, and, and at every corner, she lies in wait. Right, and then I like in verse 13, the, the ESV says she seizes him. 
You know, whenever you hear the word seized, it almost means like she's captured him. She's got him. Yeah. Right? And then she seduces him, and she has all these things that are set up. But, guys, that's what... That's what he alludes to in verses 21 through 23. You know, with much seductive speech, she persuades him with her smooth talk. She compels him, and all at once he follows her as an as an, an, ox, an ox goes to slaughter. Right? Or as a stag is caught fast till an arrow pierces its liver as a bird rushes into a snare. He doesn't know that that cost him his life. You know, like a, an animal, you know, I'm not... A vegan, right? God put animals on this earth for us to eat. Amen. And, uh, <laughs> it's a different talk for a different day. That's on the man's podcast. Man's We're gonna start, podcast. You know, but we can call it like, I don't know, in the tree stand with Jackson and Dylan. I don't what know. What a great idea. But, um, but now you have, you know, an animal that if you put food out for an animal, it will do whatever you want it to do. Pretty much. Yeah. So like if I want to slaughter a cow to have a delicious steak or a hamburger, right, which I love, then if I want to lead it down a chute to where I can humanely slaughter it, all I got to do is put a little food down there. And once it sees it, it's going. Yeah. Okay. Da, 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 da. It doesn't, it doesn't know it. that it's about to die. It didn't see the chute that's walking in. Right. And that's what sin is. Satan is putting food out for us. In this sense, it's a prostitute, right? But putting sin out, giving us traps that we're like, man, this is awesome. Free food. Then we go to it and we're dead. Right. Right. That's that's what he's doing. That's what Satan does every day. He's roaring like a lion. He's loud. And he walks to and fro on the earth looking for who he can devour. Right. It's not like it's just going to go away. We just have to find a way to react to it. And what I'm saying is you're not going to avoid it every time. You know, it's just like what me and Jackson were talking about earlier. If if a beautiful woman walks up to me and she's everything that I've ever dreamed of and I have an opportunity to do something where no one's going to know, quote unquote, no one's going to know, mm-hmm. it's going to be hard to be like, I'm a pass. Yeah. You're gorgeous, but walk away, you know. It's going to be hard to do that. Yeah. And that's what the amazing story that that Jackson was talking about of Jesus, that it's not about what happens in our lives. It's about how we react to it. You know, you think about people in your life that you're close to. Jackson was talking about like your family or your best friends or, or whatever, you know, and we talked about this on here before. It's been a while, but you have a relationship with that person. And when you have a relationship with somebody, you know, and again, I'm talking about friends, family, just anybody that you have a close relationship with, it's it's so hard to walk away from that. You know, Jackson would have to do a lot for me to just be like, you know what, I'm done, and walk away, or vice versa, I would hope. You know, it would be hard to do that because you love that person, you trust that person, and then they may do things in their lives to, to hurt the relationship, but it's not gone. You know, there are things that you can do to uh, revive the relationship with a person that you really care about. You know, you, you hear all the time of people fighting with their parents, and then, you know, when they're 40, they go back 
and they mend the relationship and everything's okay. You know, that's that's the story of Jesus. It's not about what you do, it's how you react to what you've done. You know, and all all Jesus expects is to us for us to have a relationship. He doesn't care about your religion. He doesn't care about, you know, what you read in the Bible five years ago that you faintly remember. He cares about does this person have a relationship with me? And that's what being a Christian is about. You know, it's not about what you listen to sitting in a church pew on Sunday. It's about the relationship that you have with the Father, with God, with Jesus, and how you react to the sin that you do get entrapped in. Because he knows it's going to happen. Just like we know that with people, there's going to be faults. Because that's just who we are. But it's all about how do you handle it when it comes to light. You know, that's what we struggle with as Christians. You know, I'm talking about people who have a relationship with God. We we don't understand that because we can't forget about what we've done. But Jesus is saying, it's okay, but how are we going to fix it? You know, that's, that's what we have to understand, that sin is sin. All sin is the same, and we're all going to get caught in it. But how do we react? How do we fix it? How do we continue our lives and not let it be detrimental? And that's what Solomon is trying to, to push here. He's trying to just tell him to stay away from it altogether, which we should. We should try every way in the world to just stay away from it. But when we do make mistakes and when we do give in to the temptations that, that tempt us, it's all about, you know, how am I going to react to it? How can I fix it? And how can I do better next time? If we're doing that, then I 100% believe that we're going to see the kingdom of heaven. You know, we're not perfect. We're going to make mistakes, but we have somebody in our corner that's saying, it's okay. How do we fix it? It's okay. How do we fix it? No matter how many times we we fall, it's okay. How do we fix it? Because we can fix it right now. So it's all about the relationship that we have as Christians. So, turn it back over to Jackson. I got, I got nothing else. I think it's a great way to end uh, another great episode. You know, it didn't end on, on, on book. It didn't end great. It and then you ended it great. did not. You ended it great, though. No. You, you wrapped it around. Jesus, the story of Jesus, you know, that's what makes everything have a good ending. Absolutely. So, we hope you have a great week. Oh, and, yeah. um, as promised... Jackson is going to give us a new countdown. Approximately 67 days, 6 hours, 9 minutes, and 50 seconds. Are you decking your halls? I'm not. I'm not. Yet. Not for another 67 days. 67 days days is a little far, but maybe about 30? The tree's going up. Oh my gosh. No, my mom's already getting her tree up. Oh no. The Star Wars tree. Um, that's all right. That's little. Yeah. But what you think? the tree is going up at the homestead in approximately 30 days. I'm going to go cut it down. <laughs> Leave me alone. I already have one that fell. <laughs> all right. We hope you have a great week. Yep. We and, love you. Uh, Jesus loves you. We'll talk to you later. As soon as I go, because <laughs> I forgot to hit the button. It's like last time. Jesus loves you. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>